Hi friends, this is Self-Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver, and I'm your host, Sandra Peoples. To us, self-care isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. We want to take better care of ourselves so we're able to care for our loved ones who rely on us. It's Valentine's week. (laughs) It comes at the perfect time of year, doesn't it? For many of us, it's the coldest part of winter. When we lived in Pennsylvania and sometimes got lots of snow, we loved it. But by February, we were kind of over it. The piles that are cleared from parking spots are black and gross and they take forever to melt. We even had one year that the school district didn't have a full week of classes all the way from January until Easter. (laughs) There were full snow days off, early release days, or delays every week for all of those months. Cabin fever can set in with all that snow and together time. Even if it isn't cold and snowy where you are, February may be the time your New Year's goals and resolutions really fall apart. We can blame that on Girl Scout cookies, the cold weather, or even the realization that maybe what you thought you wanted on January 1st isn't what you want in February. So today I want to talk about a different kind of goal setting, and we're going to focus it on our marriages. For many of us who are caregivers, we may never be empty nesters. We need to invest in our marriages so they stay strong for the long term. Caregiving is also an emotional and physical investment that can leave our spouses feeling neglected. For example, my son James is a sensory seeker and loves to touch. We even got a double wide recliner so he could have room to sit with us as he grows. He doesn't understand the concept of personal space and will often have his legs draped over mine or lean his head on my husband Lee's shoulder. Since I'm not much of a toucher, I can hit my limit pretty quickly and not have any affection left for Lee at the end of the day. I'm simply all touched out. Even if you don't have a sensory seeker who loves touch, you are likely using your body to care for someone else in ways that can wear you down, whether that's lifting, bathing, or wiping noses. The investment in caregiving isn't just physical, it's emotional as well. You may use up all your patience for the day on your child and not feel like you have any left for your husband. There's an invisible workload you carry that includes remembering appointment dates and times, giving medicine doses, or worrying about your son's social interactions or lack of social interactions. Caregivers are always on, and while that's necessary, it's also exhausting, and often our marriages suffer. So today I want to offer a solution. We're going to talk about setting a feeling-based goal for our marriages. Instead of the goals you may have set at the beginning of the year that were easy to track and see success or failure, this one is about changing the mood of your marriage. I'll share my goal, and then we'll reverse engineer it to see how to make it happen. You'll be able to apply the same process to your feeling-based goal. So, I want you to think about what feeling you want more of in your marriage. Maybe it's patience. You want to be more patient with each other. Maybe it's intimacy. You may feel like you've drifted apart and need to get close again. Maybe it's safety. Something may have happened that has left you feeling vulnerable and unsure in your relationship with each other. If you need help deciding on a feeling, look at the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Do any of those stand out? Pick one as a feeling you want to work toward. 
When I thought and prayed about what feeling I wanted more of in our marriage, I settled on joy. I want to enjoy Lee and my time with him even more than I do now. I want to experience more joy with him than I do with anyone else. If you listened to episode nine last week, you know that we do have a lot of fun together. He's funny. We're funny when we interact. We like to have fun, but sometimes we can get into a pattern of feeling more like co-workers than a couple in love. We've been married 16 years and have two boys going lots of different directions right now. Plus, we don't have consistent time away. One of the challenges we face is getting a reliable babysitter. David is 14, so he can stay with James for short periods of time if we're staying close in town, but I can't just call on any 16 or 18-year-old girl to come over and watch James, especially when David is home. They're just all too close in age, and it can be awkward. James needs lots of help with personal care, so we either need to be back by the time he needs to get ready for bed or wait to leave until after that entire routine. We live close to my parents and they often help with James, but it's usually for church-related events and not necessarily fun events because I don't want to ask for their help too often. So the goal is more joy and we've looked at some of the challenges that keep us from having joy together and so let's reverse engineer this and figure out how to make it happen. First, we think about and talk about what brings us more joy. Even this first step can be a little challenging because what brings Lee joy isn't necessarily what brings me joy. My happiest evenings are spent in comfortable clothes, reading a book alone. His happiest evenings are going somewhere with people. He especially likes going to movies and community events like high school football games. If I'm making a list of what makes both of us happy, though, on top of both of our list is eating out. As we talked about in episode nine, I do the cooking and he does the dishes. So eating out gives us both time off from these tasks. He likes lots and lots of people, but he knows I'm more comfortable with a smaller crowd. So one way that we could add more joy is to plan a night when we eat out and invite friends. So the second step is to create a plan to make it happen. This is that reverse engineering part. So we have in mind the goal that we think will add to the feeling, and then we have to figure out all the details that would make that happen. So I need to plan a night out with friends. That means I decide who we want to hang out with. I find a night that we're free and they're free. I get a babysitter, or I talk to my parents about letting James hang out at their house, and then all that comes together to making it happen. The third step would be to repeat this as necessary. I can think of other things that would be fun to do together and then I make those happen. Maybe it's a long weekend somewhere or lunch while the boys are at school, somewhere new and different. Maybe it's an afternoon at the beach for all of us. Fun together doesn't always have to mean fun away from the boys. Maybe I get a board game that we would both like or rent a funny movie. Anything that creates the feeling that I'm going for. So if you're applying this to your feeling goal, maybe the feeling you want is peace. You go through the same steps and decide what would make your marriage and home feel more peaceful. Maybe you want more unity. You may not feel like you're on the same page when it comes to decisions. How can you create that feeling? And friends, let's just be honest, 
You may need outside help to create the feelings that you want. Reach out and connect with a couple at church who can mentor you. Or see a therapist. Lee and I have done that in seasons of our marriage. Remember, we are in this marriage for the long term. And even though we will go through changes, many of us will always be caregivers. It's worth the time and money it may require now to keep you as healthy and committed to each other as possible in the years to come. Let's wrap up by talking about the best part of setting a feeling-based goal. Your acknowledgement of it and your mental work toward it are a huge part of making it successful. If I just set the goal of more date nights, there's a clear pass or fail there. Either I'm successful (laughs) at going on more dates with Lee or I'm not. But when I focus on an emotion, a feeling, there are a hundred ways to be successful at meeting that goal. Even just thinking about ways to make him laugh each day (laughs) helps me meet the goal of increasing our joy. That isn't dependent on a babysitter or extra money in the budget. It doesn't require a big chunk of time. It just takes noticing and being intentional. And even that can make a huge difference in our marriages. Are you ready to pray with me as we close our time today? God, thank you for the gift of marriage and specifically for the gift of my spouse. We are partners, friends, and even co-laborers at all you have given us to do. And sometimes we focus so much on what you have given us to do, we forget to just be. This week, as we think about a feeling-based goal for our marriages, guide us in that process. Help us to see what may be missing, what investment we can make now for our future together. We need the Holy Spirit's help to produce more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control in our marriages. Give us wisdom on how to focus on those fruit in our marriages. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me this week as we talked about setting feeling-based goals for our marriages. In our Facebook group that focuses on self-care for the special needs mom, we're going to share these intentions to increase a specific feeling in our marriage. I'm really excited to hear from you guys what feeling you want to increase and then help you figure out a plan to make that happen. I would love for you to join us there if you haven't already. The link is in the show notes on my website, sandrapeoples.com slash the podcast. It would be great if you took a minute to subscribe to this podcast so next week's episode shows up on Monday morning. I can't wait to meet you back here then.